1: Suspicious deaths. What started as a house fire turns into something a lot worse.
2: A family's tragic mystery.
1: He'd be standing here today if the proper uh, procedures were taken in place when he walked through that door.
2: Parents open up about the struggle to find answers in the death of a gifted young athlete.
1: And the car share kings. It's a lot cheaper than taxi. How Vancouver became the North American leader in driving someone else's vehicle.
3: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We are learning more tonight about the suspicious deaths of two people found in a burned out home.
1: Their bodies discovered yesterday afternoon when emergency crews responded and it was apparent to investigators something didn't add up. Jill Bennett joins us now live and Jill Neighbors told us the mother and her adult son lived there, but new details deepen the mystery tonight.
4: There are a lot of questions still about this, Chris. And as you can see, police tape still cordoning off this block. There are still investigators and forensic teams on the scene going in and out of this house. This is the scene where crews arrived yesterday to find the house on fire. When they went into the home, that's where they found the two bodies, they quickly deemed the deaths suspicious. However, today we heard from IHIT that while the deaths are still being called suspicious, they are saying they were not random, and they also released a tweet today saying that the public safety is not a concern. Now, again, investigators have been here all day today going over this file. Uh, We also learned that the owner of this house, a woman, is the subject of a foreclosure. file with the New Westminster Court. Now, that foreclosure was filed against her on December 6, 2017. It was last updated January 24th. Uh, So it's unclear if that is part of this mystery. Uh, We've also heard from neighbours and a close friend who came by too distraught to talk on camera, saying they didn't have any heat for the last month. And we've also reached out to the son who lived in the house. We've reached him by phone. He identified himself as the resident of the home. But he says he hasn't been back to the house since the fire and when i asked him if it was his mother who was the victim he said he didn't know he then said he couldn't say anything else and then got off the phone so a lot of questions here as this house remains behind police tape and investigators still on scene chris sophie
1: very strange indeed thanks jill all right police and tactical gear descending on another surrey neighborhood today that standoff happening at a home in the 6200 block of 167 b street and if you think this home is familiar, it's not the first time the landlord has had issues with tenants in the basement suite. In December, police were there arresting one of the city's most wanted, who was allegedly staying with his girlfriend.
0: Police are coming every day, twice a day, three times a day. It's like I got a little kids living with me and my wife's out of work and, you know, It's just really disappointing. For me, the police can't do nothing. They just come, knock the door, they don't open the door. They just walk away. That's it. And they come back again, open, knock the door,
1: nothing's happening. The good news here, the man RCMP were after, who was different from the man arrested in December, eventually surrendered to officers. RCMP not saying much right now about the incident, but there are reports that it could be related to an officer who was pepper sprayed yesterday.
2: Vancouver police are releasing new details in the arrest of a gang member charged with conspiracy to commit murder in a brazen shooting six years ago. Hells Angel Larry Amaro was arrested in Ottawa yesterday for arranging contract hits, for allegedly arranging contract hits on a couple of fellow gangsters. And investigators are explaining now why it took so long to secure the charge. Fear and panic from a public execution
5: taking place in January of 2012 at Bar 1 at the Sheraton Wall Center. Gangster Sandeep Dure was killed. Then in November of 2012, another gangster, Sukvir Duck is killed at the Executive Inn in Burnaby. In relation to both murders, new charges, 40-year-old Larry Ronald Amaro, a high-profile Hells Angel, has been taken into custody in Ottawa and is facing charges of conspiracy to commit the murders of both Dure and Doc.
0: He will remain in custody in Ontario until he's transported to British Columbia to face the conspiracy charges.
5: Amaro is no stranger to violence. He was shot by a rival gangster in Kelowna almost seven years ago. Red Scorpion Jonathan Bacon was killed in that shootout. Amaro is now a resident of Ottawa.
0: Fairly low-key, nothing too high-level, but I, as far as you know, his means of support, etc., you can draw your own conclusions from his background.
5: These charges and arrests have been years in the making. Vancouver Police working with several police agencies across Canada.
0: It took a long time to analyze that evidence, go through it, and then collate it and present it to Crown Council. It's a
3: signal to, to both uh, the population that, uh, yes, the police are, are doing their job, um, and also a signal to other uh, members of organized crime groups involved in the drug trade.
5: Police adding the Lower Mainland's recent gang activity can be linked to previous conflicts, but these arrests don't mean violence will end.
3: I'm not sure that this, this will bring peace uh, to the situation in Metro Vancouver, because the guy, although he may have tentacles here, the guy is from back east.
5: Two other men are also facing charges in Dure's murder. 30-year-old Robbie Al-Khalil and 32-year-old Dean Michael Wichar, who's also charged with one count of conspiracy to commit the murder of Sukhvir Dock. Jennifer Palma, Global News.
1: More questions than answers tonight for a Delta family devastated by the loss of their 14-year-old son. Kyle Lasse. died in hospital Tuesday, two days after he fell while vaping. His father and stepmother telling Aramina Dea about their struggle to understand what happened as Fraser Health launches an investigation into the boy's death.
6: So these are his um, MVP medals. Kyle Lasse's parents couldn't have been more proud.
1: This is Kyle's uh, home run baseballs from this season.
6: A star Uh, athlete, the 14-year-old was one of the best baseball players in B.C. His sudden death still a mystery. I heard a loud uh, bang. It sounded like someone fell, so we rushed out of bed and uh, opened the bathroom door to find him um, on the ground. It appears Kyle fell after vaping nicotine, a shock to his parents. They rushed him to Delta Hospital Sunday night. Despite slurred speech and severe head pain, his parents say they were stunned when Kyle was discharged Monday morning. No X-ray, no CAT scan. I feel that they just chalked it up to just... Another kid e-vaping, you know, they just released him because they just didn't think anything more was wrong. Seven hours after being sent home from Delta Hospital, Kyle was rushed to Children's Hospital in Vancouver. He died Tuesday as a result of severe brain damage. His parents still in the dark as to what caused it. I would
1: probably think he'd be standing here today if the proper uh, procedures were taken in place when he walked through that door.
6: Fraser Health maintains patients are released only after thorough assessments. Kyle was neurologically stable when he was discharged with no indication of any outstanding issues. The BC Coroner Service is investigating. It could take weeks, even months, before an exact cause of death is released. The coroner could end up making recommendations to prevent a similar death in the future. Kyle's parents and, will be filing a complaint yeah, well, with the government. They want to know whether just Delta just, Hospital did everything it could to save their son's life.
3: I mean, they've got to be responsible for their actions and not let something like this happen to somebody else.
7: We were so proud of who he was. And I just hope that he knew
6: that himself, how, how, what a great kid he was. Ramina Dea, Global News.
1: Kyle's parents will soon be launching a legacy fund in their son's name. A celebration of life will be held Sunday at Winskill Park in Sawasin. Details are available on our website.
2: BC residents have one month left to weigh in on a provincial referendum to be held this fall on whether to change our electoral system. To date, 31,000 people have checked out the website asking for feedback to help shape the referendum. 11,000 have completed the survey. For those who want to participate, details of the voting systems being suggested are on the website.
0: Well, we've heard feedback from British Columbians already on a number of different issues, including uh, spending limits uh, for third parties that may be attempting to influence votes, disclosure around who's funding those third parties, um, and in addition, the opportunity for British Columbians potentially to revisit a new system in two election cycles to have uh, uh, their say on whether they like the new system or whether they want to return to the old system.
1: Meantime, as the Me Too movement sparks conversations in a growing number of workplaces, former B.C. Premier Christy Clark is adding her voice to the calls for accountability. Clark using social media to speak out about sexual misconduct in B.C. politics and what we can all do to bring about change. Richard Zussman reports.
8: The resignation swept across the country this week. First, Nova Scotia PC leader Jamie Bailey, then Ontario's opposition leader Patrick Brown, followed by federal sport minister Calgary MP Kent Hare. All three politicians accused of inappropriate behaviour towards women. Now, former BC Premier Christy Clark is speaking out, posting on her Facebook page, I was involved in politics for 25 years and saw plenty of frat boy behavior. Clark doesn't allege any inappropriate behavior towards individuals in British Columbia's political circles. But University of Victoria adjunct professor Grace Lore says it's only a matter of time until allegations come forward towards B.C. politicians.
2: It's not geographically concentrated. It's not concentrated at one part on the political spectrum. So certainly I don't think it's out of the question that it could appear here in British Columbia.
8: In Clark's post, she suggests a way to address the issue is for governments to hire more women in senior positions and to encourage more women to run for office. NDP Finance Minister Carol James says she has seen plenty of inappropriate behavior during her time in office and hopes these recent resignations will make women feel they can come forward.
6: Making sure that we have more women involved, making sure that we deal with the issue of equality, uh, is going to change the culture, is going to make a difference, and then we need to make sure the environment is safe for people.
8: But how quickly change will come is unclear.
6: I think we've seen that that change doesn't come quickly and um, I think the best part about this is it's starting a conversation about what is and isn't appropriate.
8: Clark herself was a victim of sexual assault, saying when she was 13 years old, a man pulled her into bushes while she was walking to work. She finished her Facebook post with this... Thanks to lots of brave women who are making their voices heard, change is finally afoot. I am delighted. Richard Zussman, Global News.
1: Well, there is lots to talk about in B.C. politics. Keith Baldry has Premier Horgan's first public response to Andrew Weaver's threat to bring down the government over LNG. Keith, what's he saying?
3: Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Chris. So, uh, Premier John Horgan in Korea today on a conference call with reporters. I asked him about uh, Andrew Weaver's comments this morning on CKNW's John McComb Show, in which he thought the Premier was getting bad advice on LNG and, and climate change and the like. Uh, Horgan, quick to reject that, says he's got great staff, and in fact, talk about uh, courting the LNG industry. Uh, Andrew Weaver says you can't have an LNG industry and fight climate change. John Horgan, here's his reply, says there are a lot more experts on climate change and viewpoints than just Andrew Weaver. So, uh, Polite, but firm rebuff from the Premier. Here's John Horgan.
8: And and I don't mean to diminish Andrew's role as a stakeholder. Uh, That's not meant uh, in a pejorative way. But there are lots of people with lots of ideas on climate action and the impact of of our plans as uh, Minister Heyman is developing them. And, And I'm confident that we can walk through this and get to the point that I want to get to, and that's reducing our emissions.
3: Now, I just happened to run into Andrew Weaver just outside here. He parks his car below our window and puts the Premier's comments to Mr. Weaver again. He's very upset. He doesn't even think the Premier should be talking about this. And he mentioned the E-word again. There's going to be an election, he says, if John Horgan continues to push for LNG. Chris? All right. Thanks very much, Keith
2: get ready for another wintry blast these snowy pictures were taken in port moody yesterday afternoon the winter weather catching many off guard westwood plateau also saw a few centimeters blanketing the area in white and it's not over yet meteorologist christy gordon has the
9: details of who could see snow tonight christy Thanks, Sof. So conditions could start off as rain before changing over to snow as temperatures drop tonight. Hardest-hit areas will be Squamish up towards Whistler, a good 15 centimeters, and the east and central parts of the Fraser Valley, up to 10 centimeters. Meanwhile, the west Fraser Valley, so that's Abbotsford, and then upper levels of the North Shore, so higher elevations of Metro Vancouver, 2 to 4 centimeters. Western sections tomorrow morning will quickly change over to rain, but the snow will linger in some areas even in the morning. I'll show you which when I come back. And a big warm-up and a ton of rain after that.
2: All right, thanks, Christy, and pardon me for sneezing there. Bless you. Thank you. And that weekend warm-up and rain has prompted high stream advisories for Vancouver Island, the South Coast, and the Central Coast.
10: There's an intense uh, precipitation event um, about to arrive on Sunday and lasting through Monday. And it's a pretty significant amount of rainfall in the forecast, um, ranging from 50 millimeters to 200 millimeters.
1: Vancouver surpasses all other North American cities in a lot of ways, including car sharing. From Car2Go to Evo and Moto2, there are endless options that seem to make car ownership redundant. How the business accelerated so quickly in just over a minute.
2: A chilling twist in a baffling murder mystery. Turns out the high-profile case involving a billionaire and his wife isn't what it first seemed.
1: And le chaos in France. Yes, the chaos. A tasty treat that had these shoppers engaged in what looks like an all-out brawl coming up. Well done. It was pretty...
2: <laughs> but first, Vancouver loves to car share. A report shows we have more car sharing vehicles per capita than any other city in North America.
1: But as Ted Chernecki reports, there are limits to that popularity that seem to stop at the city limits.
3: When it comes to car sharing, Vancouver is the go-to capital. With a fleet of 3,000 vehicles and four major companies, Vancouverites share vehicles more than anyone else in North America, more per capita than Seattle or San Francisco.
7: About 5% of cars that are driving around in the downtown core, 95% of respondents saying that convenience is the number one reason why they use car share vehicles.
3: Vancouver's downtown core is densely populated. Parking is a premium. A younger and immigrant demographic is not embracing North America's car culture. They'd rather rent than own, and it can save one money.
2: Less than $10 each trip, and that would be like from here to Burnaby, that's
3: $10. With no Uber or Lyft or other legal ride-sharing services, it's either car rental or public transit. But as popular as car sharing is here, there are issues. For example, try and find a car to rent after 5 o'clock in the downtown area. And car sharing doesn't even exist in some cities like Burnaby.
7: One of the uh, report's recommendations is that car share companies begin to look at expanding into other areas. So some of the benefits or some of the opportunities is, is actually municipalities working with car share companies to bring them into these other municipalities.
11: East Van, there are a lot of Evo cars. I have both Car2Go and Evo. Yeah. Um, so there are not that many car to go. and it depends on the time of day as well, too. So people are going to work, they'll be taking them away. I live in the building right there. I can see the cars, I can check them on my phone, I can reserve them for half an hour, and it's just a nicer ride into work, I find, than riding public transit. So how
3: often do you use it? Almost every day. There's also a benefit to the environment, as many of these cars are fuel-efficient hybrids. Now, Just imagine when the electrified, self-driving cars come online. Ted Shinahi, Global News. But hopefully soon.
1: All right, a new twist on the food truck scene.
11: There is always a spot for indigenous cuisine, and now we're here.
1: The chef taking taste way beyond Bannock.
2: Also tonight, fire the Photoshopper. Mistakes that should have been obvious in Vanity Fair magazine. Police are looking for witnesses to an unusual theft from a trucking company in Delta. RCMPs say a bold beer bandit in this red semi entered the lot in the 600 block of Aldford Avenue and hooked up to a trailer containing 2,500 cases of Coors Light. The trailer was later tracked to Richmond where it was discovered, you guessed it, empty a $155,000 loss. Anyone with information is asked to call Delta Police or Crime Stoppers.
1: Metro Vancouver's food truck scene is known for featuring flavors from right around the world, but now we can add something uniquely local to the menu.
2: Starting tomorrow, the first indigenous food truck launches. John Hua has more on the chef and his recipe to help preserve the Squamish culture through food.
10: After plenty of planning and preparation, Chef Paul Natral is locked into high gear. Ready to chart unexplored territory in Metro Vancouver's diverse food truck scene.
11: But it's filling that gap of having like everyday food for like from indigenous culture. Just a tad bit more.
10: A food truck that mixes traditional indigenous fare like quick bread with a fusion twist, an idea that's been cooking for eight years. ever since the trial took an indigenous culinary course at Vancouver Community College.
11: I was just crossing my fingers. Nobody would do it.
10: But even when local governments made a conscious effort to bring in food carts that showcase different cultures, the true definition of local cuisine, not on the menu.
11: Everybody knows what Asian food, everybody knows what Mexican food is. But like here we are, just a little group of people saying that here's indigenous food.
10: So Mr. Bannock was born, each dish starting with the foundation of the quick bread.
11: A little bit of chili.
10: Then adding other cultural influences, or just a modern take on traditional seasonings.
11: I do make a sweeter a Bannock dough and with some fresh honey, and then I smoke some pork butt with juniper berries, rosemary, and peppercorns.
10: The road version of classic home-cooked meals, impressive even to this junior chef, Natral's son.
11: After I tried it, I was like, my mind was blown.
10: Mr. Bannock breaking onto the scene on Esplanade West in North Vancouver. But a big part of this dream, bringing a unique taste of Indigenous culture to a community near you.
11: This is part of my roots, part of my culture. And if I can make people happy and full, (laughs) it's a good job done.
1: John Hua, Global News you got to come and park that truck outside 7850 Enterprise Street in yeah. Burnaby. That's what I would hope.
2: Bring it now. No.
1: <laughs>
2: Shocking developments in the death of a billionaire couple. Their family never accepted the early explanation of what happened to the Shermans. And it turns out they were right.
1: And next level luxury at a Japanese hotel. The police tape finally came down from around a home in the Toronto area six weeks after a grisly and shocking discovery inside.
2: Billionaire philanthropists Barry and Honey Sherman were found dead, and today investigators confirmed they were both murdered.
12: After six long weeks of waiting and wondering, the Sherman children finally heard police say what they felt all along. Their parents, 70-year-old Honey Sherman, and her husband, 75-year-old Barry Sherman, the owner of Apotex Pharmaceutical, were killed in their North York mansion on December 15th. We have sufficient evidence to describe this as a double homicide investigation, and that both Honey and Barry Sherman were in fact targeted. The lead detective told a packed media gallery that police had a massive amount of ground to cover in the couple's sprawling three-story home. Detective Sergeant Susan Gomez confirms the Shermans, a philanthropic couple who gave millions of dollars to charity, were last seen alive on the night of Wednesday, December 13th and not heard from again until they were found dead in the basement of the home by a realtor who made the gruesome discovery. There are no signs of forced entry on all access points to the home. Honey and Barry Sherman were found deceased in the lower-level pool area, hanging by belts from a poolside railing in a semi-seated position. The cause of death, ligature neck compression, leaving investigators at first unable to say how they died. The manor was undetermined, with the only presented options being double suicide, homicide suicide, or double homicide. Calling this case complex and challenging, police say they have so far spent thousands of hours on this investigation, executed 20 search warrants, some difficult to get, and interviewed 127 witnesses. But they are still trying to talk to each and every person who went to see the Sherman house while it was on the market.
1: Casino mogul Steve Wynn is the latest high-profile personality to face accusations of sexual harassment and assault. A number of women telling the Wall Street Journal they were harassed or assaulted by Wynn, who is also finance chair of the Republican National Committee. The newspaper says they interviewed dozens of current and former employees of Wynn Resorts who corroborate a decades-long pattern of alleged misconduct. Wynn is strongly denying the allegations, claiming it's part of a smear campaign led by his ex-wife related to an ongoing divorce battle.
2: Actor James Franco was left off Vanity Fair's latest magazine cover spread on Hollywood after sexual misconduct allegations surfaced against him. But it's what actually made it onto those photos that have people talking today. It appeared to some that actor Reese Witherspoon had a third leg, and that Oprah Winfrey had an extra hand. The magazine has apologized for the error with regard to Winfrey. As for Witherspoon, Vanity Fair says the third leg is actually the lining of her dress. Both Witherspoon and Winfrey laughed it off, making jokes about it on Twitter.
1: In Health Matters tonight, B.C. set new records in the number of organ donations and transplants last year. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, a contributing factor behind the growth in donors is the devastating opioid crisis.
0: For Alison Snowden... It's the little things that mean the most. Just being able to brew a cup of tea is something she wasn't sure she was ever going to do again.
2: You know, you get up in the morning and just even do simple things.
12: uh, Food tastes good, everything. Sometimes you don't appreciate just what you have at
0: home. Snowden, one of 52 people in B.C. who had a lung transplant in 2017. A record number of lives saved. In fact, across the board, there were more transplants. Organ donation has become a part of the discussion around end of life. And we've achieved that with having hospital coordinators embedded in the hospitals who are specialists in talking to families and supporting staff around organ donation, and physician champions in those ICUs. In 2017, 479 transplants were performed at three hospitals in British Columbia, thanks in large part to a 25% increase in the number of deceased donors. The reality is the opioid crisis is adding to the number of donors. About one in every five tested positive for fentanyl.
3: The majority of our donors are not fentanyl overdoses. And as I said, the referral rate going
0: up is you know from any type of uh, potential death. More referrals to BC Transplant has resulted in more families saying yes to donation. And that means more lives saved. Alison Snowden, just one of nearly 500 in 2017.
2: You are giving life. It's not about death, because you can't do anything about that. It's very, you know, awful and it's happened, but you can, you can save, you know, like six lives.
0: There is more work to be done. The number of living donors has been flat recently. But BC now leads the nation in giving people a second chance at life. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: The ad getting some early Super Bowl buzz. Is this really a scene from the new Skittles Super Bowl ad? That only one Skittles goes all watch. in on weird with former French star David Schwimmer.
2: And the French are usually so much more dignified. The discount that had them fighting in the aisles.
3: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
2: A state-of-the-art hotel in Yokohama, Japan. After the forecast, the unique perk providing comfort you'll find nowhere else.
1: The weekend is upon us. Let's find out from Christy now what's in store weather-wise. Christy?
9: Starting off pretty wintry, that's for sure. Okay, we talked about the snow for the lower mainland regions, but we've got snow in the forecast for Vancouver Island as well, and those of you in the interior also some on the way for you, even lower down, so stay tuned for that. Here's a look at the wet snow we're expecting tonight. By the way, it really should be wet snow in all areas, even these white areas. So a heavy wet snow is what you can expect. Across Vancouver Island, the central portions extending into Port Elbe and then along the east coast of vancouver island five to ten centimeters expected we talked about whistler 15 and out towards the central and east fraser valley 10 but all of these areas in pink uh, higher elevations could see some snow maybe two to four centimeters but we also have a risk of freezing rain in the west fraser valley region during that transition from uh, say the warmer air to the colder air out in the valley so the typical abbotsford area watch for freezing rain as well overnight. Then, through the morning hours, temperatures will begin to warm up. A lot of that wet snow will change over to rain for Metro Vancouver, areas across the Sunshine Coast, but it will linger in the East Fraser Valley and some higher elevations across Metro, or sorry, at Vancouver Island. So maybe another two to four centimeters through the morning hours, and then those areas will see it change over to rain in the afternoon, although we're expecting it to linger throughout the day up towards Whistler, and then in behind. So that's that system there. Then in behind it, we've got a soaker. It's an atmospheric river is what it's turning out to be. And this is going to bring in a ton of rain in between uh, Sunday and Monday. So a fairly short amount of period of time. But a ton of rain. But it's also the warm temperatures. So the freezing levels are going to climb. That's going to melt all the snow we've seen on the mountains. And in addition to the rainfall, we could see some localized flooding. So Sunday into Monday, all low-lying areas. Watch for that. Those of you across the north, beautiful conditions for your Saturday with some sunshine. Light flurries into areas like Prince George. Those of you across the south though, a good 5 to 10 centimeters of snow. The bulk of the snowfall in the West Kootenai region, Castlegar, Nelson, a good 10 centimeters with a couple centimeters possible overnight. And again, we talked about rain or snow at higher elevations, but the snow for the East Fraser Valley, and then it changes over. The wet weather Sunday into Monday, there's a chance of showers on Wednesday. I would ignore that sunshine just yet. We're still days off, and I'm not very confident in that. More so just showers. And for ha- birthdays tonight, Kay Chadwick celebrating one. Congratulations to you, and I'll leave you with this beautiful wintry shot from Princeton. Thanks to Julian Young for that one. Oh, I love it. It's
10: mm-hmm.
9: beautiful. Nice to see blue sky. Alright, thanks, Christy. Well, check out what happens when you take the best of
2: Japanese tradition and combine it with the country's state-of-the-art technology. <laughs>
1: Yes, those are slippers at a smart hotel in Yokohama, parking themselves. It uses Nissan's autonomous driving technology. The rooms also come with self-parking tables and floor cushions. When not in use, they automatically return to their designated spots all at the push of a button. A Nissan spokesperson says it's meant to reduce hotel staff workload while also raising awareness about the potential of their technology's non-driving applications.
2: Could put that... Application to work in your kids' toys. Yeah. Oh,
1: please find a way (laughs) for that to happen. Okay, uh, you saw it a little bit earlier. Brawls broke out in French supermarkets as shoppers went nuts over a discounted item.
2: to get their hands on jars of nutella of course the chocolate and hazelnut spread the intermarché chain launched a massive discount on the spread reducing the price by almost 70 percent from five dollars and 60 cents to just a dollar 75.
1: ah uh, yes but were they handing out spikes? Hmm. what the spoon knife combo that you must have to spread right. Nutella oh. on your toast. <laughs> do you not know about this? No. Is it sorry,
9: the, and It's no. an
1: actual no. thing. The is the it like a spork? spork? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's yes. a cousin to the spork. <laughs> <laughs> the spife.
2: The spork and spife. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh my goodness! I didn't know. I didn't know about that. Now I want to see one. Mm-hmm. All right, Squire. What do you have for it?
13: Okay. So I think, I think, it is written on the ticket. I think everyone knew what time the Canucks game started last night. Everyone, that is, except the Canucks.
0: We we can't start a game at home like this.
13: A bad start equals a bad result against what is normally a bad team. And don't forget, it is, of course,
2: Friday. Squires got satellite debris as well. It stars David Schwimmer today.
13: Dietary (laughs) anomaly going on here. I don't understand the huge... Big love for Nutella. They're I don't having get their it.
2: first fight right now. It's no. our first
13: fight. We've known each other for years. No, you know, there's no fight. If the Nutella comes here, you can have it all. It's all <laughs> but, yours, buddy. But for me, I'll take it. I'll okay. share with you. Oh, all right. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for those who aren't thinking draft lottery, last night's 4-0 loss by the Canucks to Buffalo is quite palatable. For those who don't care as much, and especially those in ownership, management, coaching, and the actual players playing the games... Last night's loss was a dreadful performance after a great game Tuesday against the Kings. Vancouver lost to one of the few teams that's actually lower than them in the standings.
3: Here come your Vancouver
13: Canucks! Well, they looked like they were ready when they were introduced. They had their uniforms on correctly and they showed up on time, but that's all they did. They were overrun by Buffalo in the first period. And the first goal is the best example of everything going wrong. This is not the Canucks' fourth line out there. There's a lot of money on the ice for Vancouver. But if they're going to stand around and watch, they should be made to buy a ticket.
1: I didn't think that we were disjointed not out of sync. I thought we were slow.
0: I mean, we we can't start a game at home like this. Especially, you know, they're, they're... Coming out of a game uh, in Edmonton, and we knew that we're we we're, we're flying and, and winning five nothing, and so we we, we yeah we got we got to play better.
13: Okay, it's not like the win over Los Angeles on Tuesday made people think the Canucks were now a playoff contender, but how does a team go from this to this in a span of 48 hours? I don't
0: know. It's, it's very frustrating. We're I mean, we're, we're playing really good and, you know, like, like a couple nights ago we, we, we played a great game, 60-minute game, we talked about it and then come in, I don't know if the guys get loose or, and too relaxed and, you know, think we're a great hockey team and, and can go half speed, but, you know, and it, it includes myself too, I got, I got to come up with, with two good games in a row and I got to, you know, bail my teammates out and it's, it's tough, it's very frustrating. You
1: know, we're not a good enough team to play 45 minutes. Uh, I'm pretty sure our players know that. We've talked about it. Um, We definitely had a letdown after a big emotional win our last game. And uh, I'm not happy about it at
11: all.
13: Since the Vancouver Canadians became a minor league team for the Toronto Blue Jays, they have won four Northwest League championships in seven years. And they've uh, started at least 20 players on their journey to the majors. And since things are going so well, why not stay together? So today, the Blue Jays and the Canadians signed a contract extension for Vancouver to remain in the Jays' minor league family until at least 2022, which is something both sides wanted to do for a lot of reasons, not just on field success.
3: It's a long list of reasons, uh, but this is a remarkable city and a remarkable country with great ownership. And uh, it's, it's, it's great for our players to be introduced to the environment, the ones that aren't from Canada, and, uh, and understand that this is the nation's team, which is such an easy thing to repeat. I say it all the time, and it never gets uh, anything but inspiring, uh, more and more inspiring every time I say it. So uh, the list is long, but it's, a, it's an incredible partnership.
11: Tigers had a lot of
13: great moments at Torrey Pines in San Diego. Today, a great moment would just be making the cut. That's the way it is for Tiger right now. This is not a good shot. shot. Well, it was a bad drive. But this does help the cause. Tiger finished at one under par that just made the cut. So he will play on the weekend. And organizers are happy about that because that means more fans. Not to diss the other guys like the leader, Ryan Palmer. Look at this putt. Starts it way out right. Gets on the off ramp. And gets home. 11 under par. One shot lead over John Rom, Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor both made the cut. Hadwin minus three. Taylor minus one. Remember yesterday we talked about the Canadian snowboard um, team that's going to uh, South Korea? And we mentioned JCJ Anderson. Sixth Winter Olympics. First time a Canadian's ever done that. Well, today at the age of 42, after being named to the Olympic team, he won a parallel Giant Solemn World Cup event in Bulgaria. His first gold in eight years. At the age of 42, he ends up winning today. Good job. All right, Rugby Sevens. The women won last year in Sydney. Yesterday they started off with three straight wins. This is Brittany Benn scoring against Fiji. They also won today against France. So, in a few minutes, they will play a semi final match against New Zealand. And Yang Chung, also, Roger Federer, semifinals, game Australian game. Open. No upsets today for Chung. He was overwhelmed in the first set, 6-1 yeah. by Federer, yeah. and then suffering bad. from severe blisters, he couldn't even finish the second set. He packed it in right after this. Too sore to continue. So it's it's sillage and Federer in the men's final as Federer goes for Grand Slam number 20. There you go. All right. Thank you, Squire. You're welcome. Satellite debris straight ahead tonight.
2: And if you're looking for something to do this weekend, Samantha Falk is here with your five things. Sam?
7: Thanks so much. The 20th annual Pacific Agriculture Show is on this weekend with hundreds of exhibits celebrating farm culture. Visit the animals, see massive tractors and equipment, and learn about the latest technologies in agriculture. Kids under 14 are free. How about a rom-com at the opera? The Elixir of Love, sung in Italian with English subtitles, is on at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. This whimsical production is set in a small Canadian town and sung by exceptional Canadian singers. Winter farmers' markets have become an attraction showcasing local artisans, food producers and entertainers. Sunday, visit the Cannery Farmers' Market in Steveston and see what they have in store. And if you really have an appetite, you have to experience the Dine Out Vancouver Festival. It is a 17 Day celebration of the city's culinary scene which includes tastings workshops and special events throughout various venues get a behind the scenes look at bc place this week with an all access tour you will visit the hall of fame the media lounge team locker rooms and get access onto the field it goes until the 31st and for more on this head to globalnews.ca slash five things
8: this program is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners, plus get the best roadside assistance.
13: 30 centimeters of fresh snow in the last 24 hours on the South Coast Mountains. Whistler Black Base just under 300 centimeters. Grouse 370, Cypress 386, and Sasquatch 342. Revelstoke Base of 218, Manning Park just under 200. Powder King, 223, and Mount Washington, 260. Southern Interior, Big White, a base of 219, Silver Star, 200. Sun Peaks, about 160, and Apex, 187. To enjoy satellite debris tonight, you must embrace the bizarre. Well, uh, next (laughs) week is Super Bowl, which means Super Bowl ads. And there are usually some previews of Super Bowl ads. This is kind of a preview of a Super Bowl ad. It's uh, Mm. something Skittles is running out there with David Schwimmer. So here we go. (laughs)
3: whoa what is this is this a scene from the new
0: skittle super bowl ad that only one person will ever see it seems like that's what it is exclusive the rainbow taste the rainbow
1: You'd probably like to know if this is a scene from the upcoming Skittles Super Bowl ad, but I I can't tell you because they're only showing it to one single person.
11: I'll
3: tell you. Shut up! Nobody asked you! Exclusive The Rainbow. Taste The Rainbow.
1: Is this really a scene from the new Skittles Super Bowl ad that only one single
3: person gets to watch? I guess you'll never find out. Exclusive the rainbow, taste the rainbow
13: That last one was kind of creepy What? <laughs> so wow. Okay, so I'll go back in time a little bit, not too far A Skittles commercial from the Super Bowl that featured Steven Tyler
11: Oh yeah okay. Alright, let's do this I got minds to twist and values to warp
13: Mr. Tyler Your Skittles portrait That is E to the Z tweetle it disgusting You haven't heard me sing diddly ding yet Dream on! Higher. Dream
0: on! I think a little higher. Dream on!
3: (laughs) Dream on! Rock the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Well,
13: it's actually kind of a singing Super Bowl ad thing going on here. Here's Mm. one Mm. where sheep sang Queen, and then after that we got monkeys.
7: Each morning I get up, I die a little. Can't barely stand on my feet Take a look, Take look at yourself In the your mirror And cry What and cry. you doing yeah,
3: yeah. I spent all my years ooh, Believing yeah. you I just, just can't get my yeah.
2: Somebody,
7: somebody, anybody, find me. Somebody too.
3: Introducing the all-new Ridgeline, the only truck with an available truck bed audio system. Somebody A new
11: truck to love from Honda. You want me to go to Newark with those guys? No, they're they're all business. Pack this bag yourself, sir. Yes, I did. Oh, okay, that is not. Not mine. Ron, poison ivy shampoo just does not sound like a winner
3: to me. Guys, somebody ordered 46 banana daiquiris. Job causing you sleepless nights? Careerbuilder.com. Start building.
13: Careerbuilder.com monkeys and the baby. Yeah. What was the baby from again?
7: Oh. Uh, E-Trade. Right.
13: E-Trade, of course. Yeah. Why did I forget that? I've only run that commercial a thousand times. Yeah. Those two should make a re, a reappearance, a reappearance at yeah. this yeah. year's
2: And I need to figure out the Skittles one. I need to understand it.
13: Yeah, we're going to be thinking about that one for a while.
1: Hey, quick shout-out to one of our engineers after 40 years. Wow. Bob Bob McKenzie calls it a career. He started at Global in 78. At that point, we were, of course, BCTV. BCTV.
2: And he's off on a cross country road trip now. He'll be missed by everyone here, but we wish you the That's best. when he coach in the Knock Knock right retirement, Bob.
1: And director Justin, have fun in Korea for the Olympics. That's right. Good riddance, yeah. I say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bring us back some souvenirs, Justin.
13: Let's uh, go get some Nutella. <laughs> have well, a great weekend, us. folks. And Skittles.
2: And a, a spite?